Welcome to the Mammoth Gamecast. I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm. I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm. With me, as always, is Filtercord. I'm, I'm first, also Filtercord. I'm, I'm also fucking up this uh, this opener, but that's fine <laughs> because it's our first uh, our first separate interview that we're doing. This isn't a standard Mammoth Gamecast. It's more like a Mammoth interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are here with uh, Ian Moss. He is a game designer. Just had his Kickstarter um, fully funded uh, for the game News at Eleven. So what's up, man? Uh oh, not much, guys. Uh, thanks for having for sure. me on. This is yep. fun. This fun. Is, <laughs> uh, uh, stretch stretch the boundaries of this uh, digital mm-hmm. podcast and take it back to an analog <laughs> right. world. Um, yeah. So you know, we 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 set up a few things, but usually with our stuff, like uh, like I said before, we started recording, um, we just kind of you know talk about whatever comes to mind so uh um usually right here is where we talk about what we've been playing and what we've been doing so i think it's only right that i guess we continue to do that so uh you know we'll start with you ian what what have you been playing that's not your own game that has you interested (laughs) (laughs) um there's a lot of a lot of games that like I, I buy way too many games so trying to play them all mm-hmm. is crazy we just had a, uh, a 24-hour charity event at mm-hmm. our local shop uh which is right. for extra life yeah. so you know the analog people throw yeah. in for that also um so i went the full 24 hours for the third year in a row and we played a ton of games like there's so many games i tried to write them all down but i couldn't remember mm-hmm. all of them uh well, we, we end up with like a really late night, uh, well, I guess early morning news at 11 game, which was, it was rough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Being funny on the 23rd hour of a 24 hour yeah. marathon is, 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 is I feel like possible. everyone's just like laying around, like a camera pans around and there are people like sleeping in corners and, you know, <laughs> under tables and stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a definitely a lot of the magic crowd that were trying to keep it going. We played a giant werewolf game. I don't know if you ever um, played werewolf before. Uh, from uh, World of Darkness, guys. Uh, no, no. Just like uh, not the RPG is a like a stand like a little okay. card game. So a hidden rolls game. No. So everyone like sits in a circle. Everyone gets a role. You're either a villager or on the villager team mm-hmm. or a werewolf or helping the werewolves on the werewolf team. And like every night the werewolves will everyone will go to sleep the werewolves will wake up and as a group they'll choose someone to kill next morning arrives everyone wakes opens their eyes and uh that person is dead like it's a basis and then everyone gets to talk because other people have roles and they can see things in the night and check people to see mm-hmm. if they're werewolves or not so everyone has information but you never know if you're telling that information to people who are werewolves or just going to kill you or if they're actually villagers <laughs> the problem with that is is in the night phase everyone closes their eyes and during a 24-hour event, some people were forgetting to open their eyes back up. It was a real-life night phase. So everyone was just sleeping. Huh. Everyone had a nice nap every 10 minutes. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't been, I haven't done, um, I haven't done a 24-hour thing. I've been, it's been on my, it's definitely on my, on my list. I've watched a few people do mm-hmm. it. Um, but uh, did, how much did you guys manage to uh, pull out of that? I think they made just over uh, a thousand, maybe close okay. to eleven hundred, which is a local shop in Defiance. So yeah, it's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. They matched the, they matched their last year's uh, contribution. So mm-hmm. 
Nice. Cool. Um, I mean, board game wise, I can't say that I'm I played anything too much. We've been playing um, Apocalypse World, so we've been doing some tabletop. You know, of course, mm-hmm. tabletop gaming. Um, and we did have a D and D session going, but that kind of fell off. Right. I, I, I'm kind of okay with that, just because it was so like hit or miss. Like we'd be ready for it, and then people wouldn't show up. Um, yeah, and then we had like a month gap where like every weekend a different person couldn't make it. Right. So, I mean... So, yeah. It was just too many people, I think. Apocalypse World, I feel like everyone's ready pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. So, that, that feels that feels really yeah. good. It, it's just... I think it's just, you know, not having uh, people that are... You know, that have other priorities or whatever that... You know, things that they have to do on... Usually, we play on Saturday? Sunday? It kind of goes back and forth, but... I think it's been Sunday, mostly. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get a game in of uh, this new one that uh, this is a random Kickstarter mm-hmm. plug here. Uh, it's called Kids on Bikes, yep. and if you like Stranger mm-hmm. Things, then you will definitely enjoy the the premise of is that, Kids on Bikes. Like it's that, that's very... a, that I I saw it and I was tagged in it, and uh, I forgot to go because I was tagged in it while we were doing our podcast. We were live on we were All live right. on the air, and it kept going bing. Bing! And I'm like, fuck! Like, yeah. I'm just like, the, the one person who kept commenting on it was just like, shut up, stop! I can't turn off this stupid thing because I need to do the shameless Facebook plug at the end of the podcast. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I never went back. That is a, a, just a standard, like, tabletop game, or what? Uh, it uh-huh. is a, it's an RPG, actually. It's RPG actually. RPG actually yeah. is the name of my new movie. Words. <laughs> it's like Love Actually, but with well, less British actors. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah I checked that out <laughs> when you uh, you posted it, and I think a couple other people had kind of shared different stuff and I was like okay yeah that's me and it looks like I mean they like crush their funding goal and everything so we should get some cool uh, extras coming out of that. Oh yeah, like um I got sent the. The version of it before because one of the designers I know both the designers John Gilmore and uh, mm-hmm. Doug Lewandowski they are generally awesome people and they make awesome things and this is it's it's sort of in that same vein of Apocalypse World or like Dungeon World where really it's sort rules of like light, rules yeah. light it's like you build the world you get yourself in there and you all go mm-hmm. forward together nice. and the, the dice mechanic in it is fantastic like it's one of my favorite dice mechanics mm-hmm. for an RPG it's like every stat you have is one of the dice oh. So, like, you have a, a D20 all the way down mm-hmm. to a D4. If you're really good at, like, lifting things and you're tough, you can have, like, a D20 for that. But if your charisma or whatever sucks, your grit, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called, uh, that's maybe okay. a D4. Cool. So, like, and then you, the other thing is it has exploding mm-hmm. dice. So whenever you roll the top result, you keep that mm-hmm. and you roll it again. So, like, this, the lower the die, the higher chance it explodes oh. and you can get bigger yeah. numbers. But... A D20 is usually just right, better. Right, yeah. Because you'd have to hit a lot of exploding D4s to get up to a normal D20 roll. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I, I've been uh, I've been trying to get into more different dice systems and, uh, you know, different things like that. Because the, uh, I mean, not only does, it, I, I'm not sure if Wizards renewed the uh, Roll20, like, license, but, uh, um for like 3.5 you could just use a d20 and stuff and it was fine as long as you referenced the roll 20 and if you made a big hit they would ask for like it's like five percent or something small 
but uh, I'm not sure where that went once they hit fifth edition. Yeah, yeah it, would be, it would it would be cool to like um, get get a hold of some of that stuff and you know maybe do like a test stream or something of that. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Play it with a small group or whatever. So something. Yeah, yeah I'd, lo- can... I'd I'd love to run a kids on bikes game soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. They would. De- yeah, they definitely wanted me to record it too. So if you guys are down for that, I can. Hey man, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> We'd be uh, definitely into that. Definitely. Cool. Um, I guess something to look forward to us playing kids on bikes. With. <laughs> People who possibly, well, people who made kids on bikes. That kids cool. on bikes with strangers with candy. Right. <laughs> well, cool. Um, um, yeah. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to roll us along, too. So oh, okay. You were going to sure. do. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, so we've, uh, let's push off uh, talking specifics and nitty-gritties about Kickstarter, even though that was our little number one on our cheat sheet here. Um, let's talk a little bit about, like, uh, tabletop games and uh, some tabletop games that you're into and then um, kind of like a little bit of like let's talk about the comeback that they had on Kickstarter we talked about that before the show I think um, you know where, where there was basically like it was a European field in tabletop right. and board games and then uh, Kickstarter really like launched the uh, US resurgence into that yeah uh, so there's there's been a lot like the the new wave of Kickstarter and board games coming through is partially, uh, well, I guess it's been going on for a few years longer than that, but like partially because of the tabletop, the Geek and Sundry mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That sort of, that kickstarted it for a lot of people because they were playing sort of like these entry-level sort of uh, gateway games, as they're called, mm-hmm. uh, with stuff like Pandemic and right. like Zombie Dice and, uh, Suro, just these really simple games with easy rules that everyone enjoys, and they're like, "Oh, there's there's more to this than like the monopolies and lives of the mm-hmm. you know the past." Mm-hmm. So yeah, and so it's like it's come back in a really real way. Where like Kickstarter is now like, I mean, I, you guys obviously heard of Exploding Kittens. Everyone right. did. Yeah. <laughs> like I backed it. I, most people I know backed it. Mm-hmm. It's a game, technically. Uh, but it, it like made like nine million dollars on Kickstarter, which is insane. Like it's an insane amount of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a project that would cost like ten to fifteen to like to make, and then like twenty to buy. You know, like. Right. Yeah. That's that's something that's really interesting about uh, Kickstarter. That like, you do hear about the big, huge successes of stuff like uh, the Double Fine Adventure. Um, you know, ended up making a lot more than they were expecting. And there were, there were certain things that kind of stuck out in the uh, video game world, but um, it's hard to compare that stuff to uh, the success of the like physical board game world, because for a lot of the stuff, like if it's a special, like if it's a, a card game or something like that, most of the cost is in like packaging and shipping. So um, for a lot of this stuff, it's like, okay, I can make, this game if you know somebody can like you said like it you know if i can raise ten thousand dollars i can make this game and you just cannot do that with a video game yeah uh with a video games you're gonna need a lot more money so um you know it has the the audience built in everybody that kickstarts it and gets their game delivered is gonna try to spread it to friends so um it it really works for for physical merchandise i think better than digital games yeah, it's it's really interesting. I was checking out a thing on um, on 
video game on the video game front for Kickstarter, and most mm-hmm. of the you know people and stuff that I had read, they were like, you know, don't do physical stuff because you're gonna shell out so much money for you know packaging and shipping. Oh yeah, it just, it, yeah. It, Kickstarter it doesn't, recommends it that you don't. Yeah, it just doesn't make any you know it doesn't make sense to like okay cool you have this cool like cloth map well now you have to make the cloth map and ship it to everybody mm-hmm. um yeah so it's like yeah don't do that make a digital map so you can just make it and then send it to everyone or whatever on right. you know so they can see all like you know wherever they're gonna go and get all the cool little extras that you've hidden in the world um yeah and even uh you know even triple a mass market is trying to move away from physical games like if a game gets a physical release now that's not you know call of duty or you know a big single player rpg or something they're like they brag about the like special physical release like friday the 13th just had their physical release and they were kind of like oh look we're a big enough game that we can have a physical copy right (laughs) which is funny uh that's a kickstarter success story right yeah actually i mean in, in a really weird way like they came to Kickstarter with their idea for, it was like, I think it was called Crystal Lake Volume 1, and then they mm-hmm. got the rights to Friday the 13th. Yep. <laughs> so, it was like their Kickstarter kind of gave them everything. Yeah. You yeah. know. But so, yeah, so, um, I guess, uh, yeah, what's some of the, uh, what's some of the earliest stuff you got on, uh, that you, you backed on Kickstarter, Ian? I missed all Yeah, of we, we missed that. What was that? <laughs> Kind of went mechanical, like really. Bad. I said, "What's what's some of the early stuff that like got you into uh, Kickstarter?" Oh boy, it's still going. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I see myself bombing out. Okay, how's that sound? That's good. Good. Yeah. Okay, I'm not sure what caused that. Um. Okay, I said. So I, what I said was, uh, what what kind of caused you? Um, like, what was some early stuff that drew you to Kickstarter that you you backed or, um, you know. So maybe some first interactions you had with other people on, uh, like other Kickstarter creators and stuff like that. Um, well, one of the I've backed a lot of things on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on, yeah. I think I have a, I think I have a number. Uh, Seventy nine projects so far. Yeah, they show you on Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I backed a couple of unsuccessful ones, but most of them have gone through. Like most of them were good. Like mm-hmm. original, my first original Kickstarter stuff wasn't even board games. It was. Uh, <laughs> Dick figures the movie. Hey, <laughs> there we go. Got that nice physical download of that, and then like Chug, the TV show from the guy who did Three Sheets. And I was like, yeah, I want I want that. So I got like the shirt version of that. But then, then I started going into Kickstarters. There were just like, there were a lot of them that were really cool. Like there's, because a lot of stuff when you're thinking about uh, Kickstarters and games is like, oh, it's this big box stuff. You know, you have the companies like Cool Mini or not who like shove 800 minis into a box and send it to you and you pay $150. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of the stuff I was backing originally, I was just, it was really small games. Mm-hmm. Like, ones like, there's the Tiny Epic series. It's by Scott Alms. Uh, mm-hmm. And they are big box feeling games, but in like a really small, sort of almost fit in your pocket style box. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, they have this big epic feel to them with so few components that it's like, it's really elegant. But they like even on the Kickstarter, they're able to stuff so much into the little tiny boxes with okay. through stretch goals, which I always find great. Like they, a lot of the stuff is like upgrade instead of add. Mm-hmm. 
because again like if you add more stuff then you have to get a bigger box and bigger boxes bigger shipping and packaging and stuff so a lot of the stuff they do is like thicker box thicker cardboard uh, upgraded components the, they even have like a in all of their games they've unlocked a uh like a a sticker that's laid inside of the box that mm-hmm. they use as like a dice tray or whatever for okay. games cool. that have dice so like it uses the box itself as a component it, mm-hmm. when they get so far in stretch goals instead of like adding more stuff to like that will just cost them more to get to you mm-hmm. see a lot of the earlier stuff I got was like these really small ones and then I sort of jumped into the hey there's these miniatures and blood rage and cool mini or not stuff and I mean would you say that uh, that jumping into Kickstarter is that one of the things that really helped you get and like getting these smaller packaged games? They kind of gave you the the want to start actually pursuing like launching your you know getting this game idea, launching it, and then you know going for that success there. Is that one of the things that really did it, or was it? Did you have this idea well before, and then you're just like, oh, Kickstarter is the perfect platform. <laughs> Um, when I started making games, Kickstarter was already around, and it was already a big part of the. It was already a big part of the industry. So like, I always thought that News at Eleven would do great on Kickstarter. Like, I always thought it was gonna be like super successful. Yeah. Um, just because like it's like a storytelling game, and you know it's this and it's that. Like, there's there, it checks all these boxes that I thought would be perfect for uh, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And I've seen games of that type do really well. But I've also seen games like falter, like just not go through, and like I'm mm-hmm. like, really? That's that was such an interesting like. How did that? How did that fail? Mm-hmm. So you right. like you look on the back end of it, you see like their Kickstarter page, and like Kickstarter is its own monster. Like there are people who are professional mm-hmm. people who like set up and moderate Kickstarter pages for companies. Right. Right. Because because it's all about it's like a, it's a brand at that point. Like you have to do it differently than you do a facebook or then you mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. things on twitter you know like it's it's such a different monster uh so you have to have like everything set up everything clear cut you have to be like active in the back of it or so everyone's gonna like look at your video and be like well this seems dumb why is this not dumb and then you have to comment <laughs> like oh, it's not dumb because of these reasons sucks yep <laughs> right <laughs> okay yeah that's uh that's interesting i guess we'll kind of move into um like your own personal Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, uh, you know, the background is he was, you know, Ian was the designer on uh, a Kickstarter or Kickstarter game called news at 11. And um, they had reached their goal. What was your, what was your total goal that you were going for? Uh, the goal was, I think 11,000. Okay. Cool. To get it, to get it made. And yeah, it looks like you, uh, I'm reading it here. You had 400 backers, and you managed to reach just over that. You hit like uh, 11,300, 11, uh, almost 11,400. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, how did you know what to like? How did you guys determine what you were gonna charge for your like different um, like funding goals, like the different packages? Um, so. So the that all those decisions are usually on the publisher themselves, which for this oh, was okay. Floodgate Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I, I'm friends with Ben, and like I've known Floodgate, the people from Floodgate Games for a while. So, like it's it's like I get the inside information on this stuff that normally uh, 
a designer of a game doesn't normally have access to unless they ask. Like yeah. you can always just ask, right? Like, right. I mean, mm-hmm. be like, hey, what's uh, what's going on with this? You know. I mean, were there any um, were there any other options? Um, I mean, what what you can like, you know here on the um, Kickstarter page, which is oh. It's still open, but it's closed. Um, you, you had um, nineteen dollars for one physical edition of News Eleven, and then thirty-six for two. Um, were there any other options there, like that you were gonna like offer, like that they might have offered anything else, something that wasn't just one edition of the game, and then a, you know a bigger edition um, comes in too? We thought about having stuff like, oh, you name your own card, and you know, put your own you know, make your own card for this game and we'll put it in every copy or whatever. Mm. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, there was, that was, it, it, it'd be weird to actually like pay extra just to like have a word on a card just because the way the game is structured. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Uh, just like, cause would you get credit for that? Do you have to put their name underneath, you know, like made by this person. Mm. And then that is a distraction when you're playing. Mm. Um, so we, we they went with a really like simplistic like here's for one copy here's for two copies right. like, and it's the shipping is like I think five dollars or something so like total cost to get it to you is twenty five dollars which is mm-hmm. it's great like it's a it's a it's a smaller box but it has I think almost two hundred cards in it and a marker so you know there's value in that like most smaller card games are hover around the twenty dollar range. So yeah. is it um like the game is meant to be played like you write down. Um, you're writing on these cards. Um, do, do you recommend like just using a pencil or a pen and then like ch- chucking the card? Or because that kind of had me uh, interested. If you like write on the card or whatever, and then you know you write with like pen or marker or something, you know the card is kind of done for at that point. Um, mm-hmm. We uh, we fully embrace the sort of legacy aspect of this game. Uh, and a legacy is a term that's come up in the tabletop industry and it basically right. just means like once you play through it you can't play through it again like you know things and you're changing the board so every game is going to be different right but mm-hmm. in our sense we sort of set the game up to do that uh, because every every card has a main topic and then two blanks that get filled in but every time you get a card you only fill in one of the two blanks so the first time around you can fill in the top blank, and then the next time that card comes back up, you'll fill in the bottom blank, and then you have three words on that card instead of two that you're doing. Uh, and the the main thing that is our driving force for like why we wanted this instead of trying to do something like dry erase markers or like erasable pencils or whatever mm-hmm. stuff that wasn't permanent is that it is a it's an inside joke machine, is what this game is. Like you will you will go through the game play through all of the cards you can play through them all again if you want mm-hmm. and then you'll have a fully customized version that is unique to you and your play group cool. and then you can just skip you can just skip that first portion of you writing on the cards and go straight into telling the news you just deal cards out and you just tell the news mm-hmm. and also like you like everyone asks the question of like what do you do like are the cards just useless after you're done writing on them but then the first time they play it they're like oh okay well i just made a story about this crazy thing I want that card back next time we play. Like, I want to do that again and sort of build off that story in an interesting way. Okay. So, like, the the stuff comes back around in, like, such an organic way that it's not really ruining the cards. You're, like, improving them and making them your own. Mm-hmm. And there's still people I see that I've played this game with, and we just have these weird inside jokes, like the Silly 8, <laughs> <laughs> which ended up being a 
a day-long competition where people just try and eat eight meals in a row mm-hmm. and just vomit gratuitously in the streets. Okay. That'll do it. Yeah, I mean, it had me wondering if, like, there was, you know, the idea ever came up, okay, let's, you know, make the pledge for 19 bucks and you get the physical game, but then we do a pledge for, like, 25 or, you know, $28, or, you know, $10 more even, and it comes with a pack of, like, extra cards or something. So, um, you know, I kind of wondered about that after I, of course, looked into it. Um, you know, just yeah. extra, like... Not like all of the cards, but just the cards you write on or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, we like. There's definitely plans to do quite a few expansions for this. Like once it gets into stores, we think it'll take off a little bit more than what it did on Kickstarter. Because mm-hmm. um, it like it reached its funding goal, but it, it was close. Like it was yeah. touch and go there for a while. Right. Um, but we think in retail, like in stores like Barnes and Noble or Target and stuff, that people really gravitate towards it. And then mm-hmm. once people start playing it, we'll just start pumping out expansions sort of like how you have cards against humanity you know they right. always just have new expansions new mm-hmm. cards to add right but these ones won't get these ones won't get stale because your it's your humor it's what it's like it's what you the, think the game is yeah the right. game is tailored to everyone who plays it because it's only your humor that gets in the game right mm-hmm. right so so are those your target um like big box stores that you guys are thinking about approaching or have you approached or yeah, as the publisher was telling me that he had approached uh, Target, because I don't know if you've seen Target or Barnes & Noble, but they're getting into the board game industry mm-hmm. sort of heavy. Like, Target right. has a lot of exclusives. So what will happen with that is we'll have a version of the game in Target that mm-hmm. you can't get anywhere else but Target. Right, that's cool. Uh, which, which is also sort of like, a oh, well, we ran out of cards in this one. Let's go buy this version and play through that one, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool to see that it's a... <clears throat> that you guys definitely have more of an idea because that was something that I was thinking of like cool you know I've told people about this game but you know I run into people at different things that like you know different types of games like of course every month I go to Indianomicon here in Orlando and talk to all the indie developers and you know we don't talk about video games all the time you know sometimes we talk about board games <laughs> so it's like you know I, I bring it up you know hey my you know one of my Longtime friends, you know, just got his Kickstarter. This game, oh, cool, yeah. Where can I get that? Well, shit. Um, yeah, about that, right. you can't get that right now. But uh, you know, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, so you know, Target or Barnes and Noble, that'll be that'll be awesome. I think I think you guys can yeah. do well there. It, th- I mean, the yeah. packaging alone looks like it belongs on a on a shelf at Target or mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. Definitely. Um, so, uh, you know, we've kind of got through that. Let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about, like, switch gears and talk about what we usually talk about, you mm-hmm. know, video games. Um, what do you, like, what's your jam? What's your favorite type of game, games that have come out recently that you've been really into that you're playing? Mm-hmm. Um, I know we talked a bit about, before the podcast, about a game that, a video game that you think works really well, that could work what. You're trying to figure out, everyone's trying to figure out how to make it a board game. Um, yeah, let's talk about some of that stuff. So, yeah, with uh, Shadow of War releasing, it's got me itching back again to go back and board mm. gamify the Nemesis system in the Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War games. Because it's such an ingenious 
system. Like it was so new and unique when it came out. And I was like, this would be perfect in the board game world. And there's nothing that really mm-hmm. does something like that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my goal was to try and figure out how to implement it, which is like, it's a, it's a heavy system. Like you, mm-hmm. there's, right. there's the random enemies and then they have like random traits and then you're learning their weaknesses and then you fight them or you can pit them against each other. And if they beat mm-hmm. you, then they get stronger and they like lose weaknesses and gain strengths. Like all of these systems interplay together and they create such a unique story. And I think that's the best part about it. That's what gravitated me towards the shadow of Mordor game was the sort of this, uh, natural story that just came out you know that just floods mm-hmm. throughout the entire experience yeah. and like my game is nowhere near your game like in my game i made an unkillable monster and i think <laughs> i'm gonna have to start over <laughs> nice yeah, that's um, cool. yeah i mean i don't want to get into too much about that you know to give away you know like what you're working on or whatever mm-hmm. but uh yeah, I could tell you about the unkillable monster I made. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, it's, the okay. game will do that too. It's a legit thing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was like a like a hypothetical. Oh, I oh, I accidentally made this unkillable unkillable monster. No, it's a real thing. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, no, let's talk no, about that, that happened to me. <laughs> so uh, I hadn't played it in a while, and when I decided that the Nemesis system would be a perfect way to like challenge myself to board gamify something in the video game world mm-hmm. i decided to go back into it and then i also realized i've forgotten how to play yep. uh, so i just died a bunch and dying is really bad mm-hmm. in, in that game obviously uh, because it makes everyone who's around when you die stronger uh, so there's this one orc there's a, he's a captain and i don't know how many times i've died to him what i know is he's super high level uh <laughs> he is immune to everything yeah his only we- he has two weaknesses they all have two weaknesses his two weaknesses are he can be damaged by fire mm. not killed just damaged that's the only thing that can hurt him mm. and he's afraid of uh the biggest monsters in the game uh-huh. like the big the giant ones yeah but, uh, which you know those are easy to get around right basically they're pretty much rankers <laughs> yeah yeah uh so only can be damaged by fire that's the killer like that's what gets me like i can't you can't do combat with him you can't stealth kill him you can't arrow him in the face none of that (laughs) works you have to get him near fire and then set him on fire multiple times jesus wow Hmm. yeah i mean the last mission the last mission mission i went on uh it was like uh stop this guy from getting more powerful i was like okay cool i can interrupt his thing and stop him from getting more powerful what they wanted me to do was kill him and i didn't realize that going in so he was fighting another captain Mm -hmm. uh and i was supposed to step in and kill him so the other captain would win but i was like i can't kill him so Mm -hmm. i just killed the other captain i was like well get this over with and i finally shot an arrow into the other guy's head yeah (laughs) and and that made him stronger which made him more powerful again Uh (laughs) so you're just gonna play through the whole game and they're gonna be like yeah you should try to kill him and then you're gonna constantly just fail that that yeah. task and he's just gonna yep. be okay that's fine <laughs> yeah well there's a yeah there's a there's an additional problem with that is that eventually you'll just be like oh, okay well i just have to go to a different area to get away from this guy mm-hmm. they'll track you cross country oh shit mm-hmm. like certain certain uh people that oh, become yeah, your nemesis I've, I've almost, will i've been dying to, to someone else and he's just shown so, up and killed me and i'm like be, be ready for you that you weren't even here yeah <laughs> what if you <clears throat> made another unkillable monster and then put them against each other. <laughs> I 
I mean, I, I, at this point, it's like, what's the worst that could happen? Now I have two unkillable <laughs> monsters. <laughs> oh no, they'll become best friends and join up against me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, seems likely. <laughs> you know, we both hate that guy. That'll happen. <laughs> nice. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 interesting. Uh, what other uh, what other like video games have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a bit of Fortnite, the Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. uh, been, been getting in on that. All my friends are talking about PUBG, and I'm just like, yeah, but crafting. Right. Yeah. But I can build things. Mm -hmm. So I'm... I, got, I got an email of them sending me like, hey, we checked your stats, and you're a scavenger. I was like, oh, I knew that already. <laughs> yeah, I think I got that same email, but it's like, you're a dick. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Yeah. Who put this house here? Kr, kr, kr. Another like another game that I'm like, man, we've been on that game for so long, you know. It, it we we've talked about it a lot on like our podcasts and stuff. Uh, Filter Cord and I both got a chance to like play mm -hmm. it like early alpha, like yeah, it full sale. it came to full sale and they're just like, hey, come play our game and eat a bunch of our food. Mm -hmm. We ate a bunch of food. We ate a bunch of food. They were bringing in like burgers and uh -huh. they weren't for me. They were. Like, oh, we got, like, a bacon cheeseburger here with, like, pickles on it, and no one answered. And I'm like, I guess it's mine. And, like, I would just take it and eat it. It was, it was yep. pretty cool. They were just we giving each out. Got yeah. Two? Yeah, we each got at least two. Oh, uh, yeah. The I, first day. I had probably... I, I at least had three. <laughs> maybe four. Yeah. I and I came back the next day, and I pulled the same scam on them. Yeah. That was basically free eating for college. <laughs> <laughs> And we yep. get to play video games and hang out with the the guys that the dev were, team, yeah. were making it. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, but nice. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I've seen some pretty ridiculous stuff in Fortnite. Like, I saw this mm -hmm. guy like shoot um, shoot a, a rocket, and another, oh, yeah. it was flying by one of his friends, and he jumped and landed on top of the rocket. Mm -hmm. And the rocket's propelling itself across the map. The dude's still standing on top of it. And he pulls out his sniper rifle and picks a guy off. Yep. And then I throw to my controller yeah. and say, why the fuck am I playing? <laughs> I mean, it's... They've they've just now, in the newest update, they've made a considerable thing where they can make dreams come true. Because now you can play as a bush. Mm -hmm. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> which is a thing I never knew I needed. Right. I haven't checked it out. I saw it, but I haven't checked it out yet. By that, do yeah, you mean, you like, one of the Bush family? <laughs> yeah, like, you could be George be W.? Oh, yeah, don't or, make or me do Jeb. <laughs> I would be Jeb, but, you know. Yeah. So, like, I, I haven't checked it out. Is it just, like, a like a thing that you wear? Like, your character just, like... It's, it, no, it's a potion. We're talking about magic here, people. Oh, you huh? become a Bush. Like... You are a Bush with legs. <laughs> oh, it has legs. Yeah, I thought it was like the kid moving, who has to play the tree. When you stop moving, does it plop down onto the ground? If you if you squat, you don't see your legs <gasps> anymore. It's just sort of like you in a bush. That's amazing. When you aim down the sights, like when you aim down sights, you like pop out of it for a second. And oh, you like man. you pop up and shoot, but like then you're just a bush until someone shoots at you. That's I, great. I, I I want it to be like if you barely press forward on like the stick or like you know like on the like if you're like we play on console like you barely press forward. You know how you walk slow in some games yeah. and you press forward you run, like you're crouched down and you walk forward. Hands come out of the side and pick up the bottom of the bush and oh lift God, it up a funny. little bit and he like tiptoes. I would love that. I mean, the, 
like I've seen some videos of people who are just going full on like Scooby Doo with it, where they're just like running behind people as a bush and then like ducking down, and then mm-hmm. they turn around and be like, "Oh, nothing's here. I gotta keep running." <laughs> Did that bush move? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that's fun. I, I like that they've added stuff. I, I have had a pretty big issue with the game, the single player. Um, I'm further than most of the other people that I know, and when I go to join a game. Like, if I'm playing by myself or whatever and I go to join a public game, nobody ever joins me. Ever. And it's just like, I can't even mm-hmm. continue playing the single player. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's a pretty unfortunate thing that uh, that happens. Like, it would be cool if you could add, like, <clears throat> like, bots that just fight or something. Like, they don't have to scavenge or do anything else. They just hang around the base and defend to some point. Because, yeah, I can't really complete tasks at this point, mm. but... But yeah, Fortnite, uh, Fortnite's been fun. Um, what about uh, dislikes? Anything that's come out that you're just like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't like... I'm usually very middle of the road on things. I don't, I don't normally hate. I usually just either I love it or I nothing it. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, like I hear a lot about video games, but I'm not. I don't know. I don't get too far into them to where I know things that I would specifically hate. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. What do you What are you guys hating on? Anything coming out that you're just like, uh? Well, I actually pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of our talk has been around like loot box BS recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kind of ruining. We've been like, uh, ruining a lot things, of like, but uh, um. Oh, looks like I'm going robot again. Yeah, you did what? a little bit. All right, am I, am I back? Uh, I don't know what's causing it. I'm not sure what's causing that. Hmm. You secretly being a robot? Oh, shit. <laughs> he tricked even himself. I played myself. Your name is Filtercord. Like, what do you expect? Filter. Um, yeah, so, uh, I closed, I closed out of Twitch here. Maybe that'll do something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that'll probably right. help. Like... Everything's running fine. I'm not sure what the issue is. Um, but uh, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about has been like very extremely behind the scenes, like business, um, like EA's corporate behavior. Uh, they've been kind of killing me lately. We're always up to something. Our, like, yeah. I think our biggest thing that we've talked recently is um, like our la- like our entire, like this coming up week, Monday, when our new podcast comes out, it's a downer. Mm-hmm. The whole yeah, show is basically, is. like, it's all just terrible stuff that's happening. Like, Pretty layoffs much. and games not being made and, like, loot box stuff. There was, like, one or two good things that were, like, in that news. It was it was a really slow week for, like, stuff that happened in the video game world after coming off of Paris Games Week and BlizzCon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, even, like, bigger companies, like, Game Informer, they were just like, oh, yeah, we, uh, upcoming, we have an Overwatch, uh, an Overwatch free weekend. It's like, yeah, they do those every other month. Pretty much. It's, that's not news. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, I guess that's just what we've, uh, what we had go on this last week, so it's just what's in my mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, 
you know, there's a lot of good positive stuff coming up, luckily. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting really pumped for the Battlefront 2 launch. I got a PS4 Pro Battlefront Star Wars Edition console coming. Ah, oh, man, I'm... I'm mediocre on that. Like I, I'm, I'm, I nothing that one now. Oh no, yeah, I'm not here to like play well. <laughs> I'm here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I'm on the fence on that one. I just, yeah, I, I don't. I'm think I'm worried about it to be honest. I think my my expectations were too high for the first one, and then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, <laughs> I, did, that's that's what this is. All right, well, yeah. I mean, I guess. I I mean, I played the. Um, I played the, I think it was beta technically. Um, it was a they did a closed beta and it plays really well, like everything yeah. that I played, it plays so well. But I, I don't know how like I'm gonna need that story to be really good and worthwhile because I don't know anyone else other than Souls Record here who's gonna be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, picking it up. Yeah, uh, my roommate got the like the battlefront edition of playstation of ps4 when it came out like that's how he got a ps4 oh yeah the first and then one. Yeah. yeah like and we had both played the demo and we we're like all right demo's pretty cool you know they give us like a bunch more of that and we're in mm-hmm. and then the actual game comes out and it's like three other maps like, yeah oh. yeah yeah that was destiny for me like i yep. played the beta and i was like wow this is a great foundation i can't wait to see the rest of the game that was the rest that was the game yeah oh. yeah yeah, I hard stopped on Destiny like when you uh-huh. beat the story. That was my hard stop. I was like, all right, I guess I'm done doing this now. Yep. Oh, what do you, what do you want me to do now? Grind for eight hours? Mm, pass. <laughs> yeah, I'll go play World of Warcraft again if I want to do that. Speaking <laughs> yeah. of, I just okay, I've been playing uh, Knights Old Republic on Xbox because they just did the the Xbox oh, yeah. One has original backwards compatibility now. Right. Some. Um. So I've been playing. I, I rebought it for the 18th time, and I've been replaying that again. So I went and downloaded the Old Republic. I've been playing that online as well. So speaking of grinding, <laughs> God, Jeez. it's a nightmare every time I do it, but I do it about once a year. I go back to it, try to try it out again. <laughs> nice. Um, I what? I have no patience for those types of games anymore. Like I can't. Yeah. I ha- like I, I have a thousand hobbies, one of which is now making board games. Right. Um, right. So like in between playing board games and making board games, like I can't grind in a video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of need that like immediate satisfaction of like just getting yeah. in there and having fun. Right. Which is why Battle Royale is great. Like I love all the Telltale games because they're just mm-hmm. story first and story only, and right. you're always just moving forward. Yeah, well, like when I think of the games that you like, I think of, um, you know, a game like like Towerfall Ascension or you know something like Overcooked, something that's just like you can jump in and you can play with, you know. Yourself or, you know, other people and just jump in and play with yourself. Yep. I have uh, a couple of my friends are making a a real-time cooking simulation co-op thing game. It's Uh very much in in the vein of Overcooked. And they are actually, like, the publisher they're going with is approaching the uh, uh, Team 17 Mm -hmm. for trying to get the rights for it to see if they can make that happen but that would mm-hmm. be amazing either wow. way the game is fantastic and it it is overcooked even if it is not going to end up being overcooked mm-hmm. right it's it, got that spirit to it yeah, is, yeah. and there this is a board game mm-hmm. or is it yeah so like you you have to like you have workers and like you have a left hand worker and a right hand worker and they're just mm-hmm. little meeples which are just little tiny wooden people for mm-hmm. people who don't know what meeples are um 
and whatever hand you choose to put down to put that worker at a station that's the hand you have to do that thing with so you can do multiple things but then you're having to use your left hand and your right hand for different actions at the same time mm-hmm. and cool. you're trying to like gain ingredients and get the meats and then get them cooked and there's like a timer for that and then you have to like taste these little tongs and plate everything mm-hmm. <laughs> like a really like bad way and then you have to take the plate and push it over and send it out and then once it's out you gotta put the dish down and it's dirty and you gotta like flip it to try and get it to be clean again and then put it back over (laughs) that's cool and it's all it's all happening real time and it's chaos (laughs) yeah that's that's something too about um you know kind of the the kickstarter tabletop revitalization is that people are getting extremely experimental with stuff Mm -hmm. um which is really cool Cool. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move forward. We've uh, mm-hmm. at least myself and uh, Ian here. We've known each other for a very long time. Like year wise, I can't even put it into an actual number. It's probably been. <laughs> well, let's wait for our. Let's wait for our Facebook friend anniversary to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I'm gonna add like two years. Yeah. Like I feel like we've known each other for like at least twenty years. Uh. When yeah, we, probably. Yeah, I mean, we met each other, like, what, like, second grade, maybe? Uh, I didn't get around to Northwest Ohio till around third grade. Okay, so yeah, it probably wasn't much longer than that. Okay, yeah, right around there. So, the, you know, the next thing we were going to talk about is kind of your journey to, des- like, designing board games and where you, like, where you came from and what kind of pushed you in that direction. Um, the treacherous tale of Ian, the game designer. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. We got a name for it now. Um, yeah. So, like, what? You know, where did you where did you start with the design process, and where kind of I guess was the turning point for changing from, you know, whatever you were interested in into okay, let's focus. Uh, so originally, I was a child that grew up in the. Hmm. Uh, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, like all of us. So, like all of us, I loved video games. Mm-hmm. And they were my life for the longest time. And it was around the time of when I finally got my own console, which took way longer than you would think. Because mm-hmm. um, I was always able to play video games. I was never just able to own video games. And then, so when I did, I went a little too far into the deep end on that. Mm-hmm. So I had a PS1. I used to just sit and play games nonstop forever, like Medieval. I loved that game played that so much um and then when i got a ps2 uh i also got a job so i could sort of uh pay for the habit you know right Right. so i could uh, afford to buy all the games that i wanted and one of the games i bought the first games i bought was uh god of war for the ps2 the original one i loved god of war god of war was the moment when i realized i wanted to make games for a living like, just knowing that that existed. And it wasn't really God of War the game. Like, I loved the game. Mm-hmm. But God of War was one of the first ones that had, like, a bonus disc of, like, oh, here's, yeah. the beso- here's the behind the scenes. Right. So, like, that a whole <clears throat> series of videos of behind the scenes stuff of them working on this game and them talking about what ideas they had and how that turned into what it in- what ended up being in my hands and what I spent, like, hours working on. So I would, like, go to school. I would come home, go to work, and then I would come home and play video games all night, and then I would go to school. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know when I slept. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I just remember that being my my thing is like I just want to do that, and then I was like, man, I want to do this. Like I want to make games. Game like video game design would be the greatest thing that I could possibly do. Mm-hmm. Right. So I started down that path a little bit, and like James James was there for for us going starting down that path. You know, like we we had thousands of ideas, um, and we were always like coming up with new stuff and. Figure, trying to figure things out and be like how would we do this mm-hmm. you know and obviously full sale we were like full right. sale was the video game college at the time and that was both of our dreams was to go there and then eventually i was just like i don't think i can mm-hmm. so but i still wanted to do something like I, I i didn't get to make video games for a living or at least not right or not right after high school or anything um but i still had a ton of ideas so i was always just always just had them in the back of my mind like mm-hmm. i was i was never disregard any idea and a lot of the stuff i'm doing now is just like really really old ideas and i'm like hey wait maybe i can turn this into a thing now uh but yeah and then uh, fast forward a few years i started playing board games because there was mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. around that liked them and i started watching tabletop with will wheaton and he played board games right. with celebrities and that was cool um and i had been playing like D and rpgs and stuff for like that whole period and I didn't realize those two things were like connected. Like there's D and D, and then there's board games. Like those two things aren't combined, right? Like, yeah. and I found out that they can be. Like they are. Like that's one big industry. It's just tabletop games and RPGs. Mm-hmm. And it's all under like the veil of analog gaming, which is you know you move a bit and you roll a die. Analog gaming. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was way more than like life or you know sorry or uno or whatever these right, ones right. i played before were where it's not just a thing you do at the holidays it's a thing you can actually dive into and their strategy and this is mm-hmm. like board games are how my mind works which is strange to say but like they are puzzles that you try and solve and are new every time mm-hmm. which is the same thing that video games gave me only this you're you're seeing everyone as they're figure trying to figure out this puzzle right you know, and it's it's as video games turned away and went more online and more like non face to face interactions, mm-hmm. like board games were the the sit down and the the co op couch co op style things that I had loved about right. video games. Right. Okay. So I gra- I gravitated towards that a lot more because like so, I can have my friends over and we're all playing a game together like we would if it was you know Goldeneye sixty four. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like the drop of like um <clears throat> the drop of that. Um, like couch co-op ideal from video games kind of like you were like oh online yeah that's not for me i like having people come over mm-hmm. yeah so that's okay yeah yeah that makes sense that's cool so when i started doing that i um i didn't really i wasn't ever like oh well i can make these i was always just like hey i can play these you know like because like ma- originally making video games i didn't know until i saw behind the scenes like that this was a thing that I, I could do. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't until I saw those God of War extras that I was like, oh, I could do video game design. People actually do this. Right, right, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not just big companies that hire people to, you know, it, it's regular people coming up with ideas. Mm-hmm. So fast forward a couple of years, I've been playing board games and going to our local shop that had opened up. And um, I end up working with uh, this guy, Jonathan Gilmore, and he's uh, one of the local people um, and who goes to the local shop and stuff and goes to the events mm-hmm. and everything, and turns out he makes games. 
And I was like, oh, cool. So someone local that makes games. It turns out he made one of the BGG, which is Board Game Geek. Like, mm-hmm. they're the board game website, like, you would see for, like, I don't know, IGN or something. Like, it's okay. that for board games. Huh. It's, like, the news and where everyone goes and behind-the-scenes stuff. It's... Yeah. All right. <coughs> Sorry. But, yeah, so he, um, he, like, invites me over, and, like, we start playing games together and stuff. And he has a monthly, every month he has a board game uh day like he has mm-hmm. a game day every every one month every week and he's been doing it for like three years so it's like this is insane how did i never know about that he's one town over like 15 minutes away mm-hmm. so i start getting like more into them and like their world of board games and there's in it like my little world of board games opened up into this massive thing even farther and i'm like whoa <laughs> this has been going on a lot longer than i thought mm-hmm. and then one day he wanted to make a print and play game for uh, to give out to people as like a Christmas present. Like that's his way to do Christmas. He designed a game um, and he wanted some graphic design done on it. And I'm like, hey, I know how to do that. Because mm-hmm. Jay and I went to school for graphic or commercial right. graphic arts. So, right. Right. and I sort of taught myself the skills to do graphic design things. So I was like, hey, I can do that for you. It wouldn't be a problem. And then in the process of doing the graphic design and seeing the behind the scenes on how he made this game, mm-hmm. I started coming up with ideas for my games of like, oh, well, what if this was like this? Like, what if instead of like this family vacation style, what he was talking about, what if it was like a rock band and mm-hmm. you're following a rock band around? And so he was like, well, yeah, if you have ideas, just make a thing. And, you know, it can just be anything just small, just get it on the table. And we have a, a biweekly meeting. Like every two weeks we have, we meet up and mm-hmm. play our designs. So I started doing that and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like that was, that was the aha moment. Like that's when I knew this is what I wanted to do. And it took me longer than what I thought. Like it took me from like middle of high school till like two years ago Mm -hmm. to finally like get back to where I wanted, which was that point of I make games for a living. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the really cool thing that's, that's important is like you chose a role that is universal within almost anything that requires games. Uh-huh. Um, see, I mean, you obviously we went and um, learned like some commercial and graphic arts, so you know like some of the digital stuff. So you could definitely do like overlay stuff and you know stuff like that. But um, the designer role is universal within video games. Like right, right now, you're making board games, like later on you know that that could translate to a different type of game making and you know not 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 you know leaving board games out in the cold but it could like move to even something else so it, it could also lead to that thing that you were you know looking at long ago on the mm-hmm. developer you know on the behind the scenes stuff or like god of war like it, it, yeah. you know it that's that's not off the table with the route that you picked which is really cool mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and uh, there's like I can't talk like I'm working on a lot of projects right now. Like News 11 was the first one to come out, but like if you guys come back and visit me next year, we'll have a lot more to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, like officially, because yeah. I like I'm I'm working on a lot of projects, but they're all for publishers and stuff, so I they're not announced yet, so I can't really say right. Specifics. Yeah, it's yeah. not up to you to say what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. but we some of them, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> some of them are. Uh, are going to have apps with them, like phone apps. Mm-hmm. 
and then some of them are even going to have like hopefully in the future like if this is successful and i'm assuming it's going to be successful because of mm-hmm. the thing that it is which i don't i think i told jay about this but like the thing that it is is successful so if this game is successful in that universe they can make a game version like an app game version of our board game right so like there will be a video game that exists of a board game that i'm making that's really cool yeah that's cool it's a cool integration i i do like that uh Mm-hmm. I do like that idea of, you know, having that. Like, it, it's kind of capturing um, a bigger audience because, you know, you get the people who are interested in board games or the people who are just interested in uh, the video game aspect of it. And then it turns them on to the opposite thing. You know, kind of like mm-hmm. the same route yeah. that you went down of, like, you know, you look at one thing and then you go down the rabbit hole, basically. Right. 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 So that's pretty cool. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh I guess uh, unless we have anything else that you guys would like to bring up, um, I mean, it's a, I think it's a pretty good stopping point. Yeah, um, if I could ask, uh, what do you think, um, maybe name two games that are really good intro into more like analog tabletop style games? Um, some of the best ones are the, the easier ones. Mm-hmm. And everyone says Pandemic. Pandemic's usually good. It's a co-op game, so you're not against each other. You're all playing right. together. Right. But it's it's rough. Like <laughs> it's it's not an easy game. Well, there's uh, yeah yeah. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot well, of stuff it, going on in it, it. Yeah, it's not hard. Like it's it's one of the easier games to pick up. It's just not an easy game. As in like it's hard to win. Uh huh. Like your first couple times. Um, okay. A couple of the oh man, easy yeah, intro games, man. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of them, but I'm halfway blanking on what it would, what they would be. I guess it just depends on on what you want in a game. Okay. Because okay. if if you're going intro, there's there's all these lighter ones that you could have. Like there are, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Seven Wonders is a really simple drafting game mm-hmm. so everyone has a hand of cards and they take choose one and draft it around and you just keep going and eventually someone wins sort of thing right but all there's right. much a lot more to it than that that's just sort of how drafting games work mm-hmm. um yeah i just i've noticed a lot of them like a lot of board games have it's like when i see something cool i'm like oh man that'd be super rad to pick up and play and then i'm like oh man that looks super complex and not only would i have to learn it anyone that right. would come over i would have to Mm-hmm. teach them on how to play it and then it would be like you know pretty steep learning curve so i think that's what he was kind of getting at like what's the easiest one to uh you know kind well, of pick and play uh yeah and, without... that and also like how do i force all my friends to play analog games with right them? yeah how, how do i how, how do i trick them into see this isn't yeah. such a diff- it's not a something that's not a hard sell right right uh, one of my favorite things is since you guys have played D and D, the game that I always try and get people in on is called Lords of Waterdeep, and it's a D and D board game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a worker placement. So on your turn, the only thing you really have to describe to people is you go to a place, and you do whatever it says. Mm-hmm. You take one of your workers, you place it on the board, and do whatever that that place says. Once you go there, no one else can go there. So it's really simple. Like you, you start off, and there's a bunch of different options. And you have you're trying to complete. Uh, you're basically set collecting mm-hmm. these different adventurers to go complete these quests that you that you have. Um, and that's the whole game. Like you, 
you collect yeah. adventures to complete quests to get you points. And that's it's, that's one of my favorite intro games. It's actually one of my favorite games ever because every time I play it, it's great. And it plays up to six players, so which mm-hmm. is a good player count to have. Right. Yeah, There's that's, also... That's uh, ones where you can lie really great. Like, everyone's play, everyone plays Werewolf, which is the one I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm which is a great like hidden role game. There's another one called Deception that I've gotten a lot of people to play and everyone's loved it once mm-hmm. they understood it. And it's basically like everyone has eight cards in front of them, four that are possible murder weapons and four that are possible pieces of evidence that have been left mm-hmm. behind. And then everyone will like close their eyes and one person will pick a murder weapon and a piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that the murderer will pick a piece of evidence and a murder weapon in front of them and then everyone will wake up and then there's one person who has their eye who gets to see the whole thing they're the forensic scientist they can't talk what they do have is they're able to give people clues Mm -hmm. to try and lead like with these little bullet things so they'll have tiles with options on them like cause of death and if you picked like a hammer as the murder weapon they would say like blood loss or Mm -hmm. massive trauma or something um as like the cause of death but then that's it that's the only information people get and then they have to try and figure out who the murderer is mm-hmm. and like specifically get the things correct and w- once you understand how to play it like it's it's a game that takes like 15 minutes but the first time I, we were seeing people play it it was like two and a half hours of them playing it and we were like man that oh, game's wow. really long yeah. just playing it over like, and over again yeah yeah they're like no they just keep playing it <laughs> okay wow. they played it 12 times yeah that's really cool all right well uh with uh with that, I guess we'll tack back over to uh, mm-hmm. um, news at eleven. Um, is there any expected date on when you can possibly see this in store? Do you have a time frame like next year, or? Um, so right now they're going through and they're getting the first print proofs, which this should be pretty fast process because mm-hmm. it is just a deck of cards. There's not a bunch of components they have to get quality assurance for right right um so the estimated date is in april so it should be around then and then maybe maybe a month after that maybe uh march or may is when they'll probably show up in stores for the first time mm-hmm. and you'll be okay. able to see it cool i cool. don't know any what's going on with the deals with target and barnes and noble but if it should be around that same time also yeah that's so. just right. assuming things are you know going smooth and you guys get everything squared mm-hmm. away by the ship yeah. date right cool all right, yeah. Um, you guys can go check out. Uh, you can go check out News at Eleven, their Kickstarter page. I mean, it's not active, but you can get an idea of what you know we're looking at. Um, just look up uh, News at Eleven on. You can just Google it, and I think one of the first thing that comes up is uh, the Kickstarter for the game. So that's pretty, uh, pretty helpful. Um, and you can also filter that by checking out uh, Floodgate Games. Um, we might run an article over at over at our Facebook as well um, here in the yeah. future. We've ran a few in the past that so you can look through. Um, but yeah, with that, um, you can follow Ian's progress uh, on... You can follow that him and uh, Floodgate Games on uh, on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Twitter is, flood, is just Floodgate Games, correct? Mm-hmm. Ian? Yeah, yes, yeah. correct. Floodgate Games and then... Um, and then Ian is uh, chaos chaos moss. underscore moss. Yeah. So go uh go give the, go give him a follow. Go give uh, Floodgate a follow so you can keep up with all their 
upcoming games because it seems like they have a lot in the works right now. So some pretty good stuff. Um, and as well, follow us on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. if you want to see our D and D stuff. Um, that is digital dungeons. Or kids one. on bikes. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, we, hopefully, we'll be playing that in the future. And right. then uh, yeah. uh, follow us on or like us on Facebook as well. Uh, that is uh, facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Um, yeah. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Hopefully, you guys like this uh, interview. It's kind of like freeform where we just kind of talk about you know whatever comes to mind with a very loose script um uh yeah so you can check out our podcast as well uh, itunes google play and podbean.com just search up mammoth games inc but for mgi i'm night swarm i'm filter cord and we also have uh ian signing off thanks guys bye